Trial Brief with your host, David Otto. A little over a month ago, I read an article online in Bloomberg Law written by a lawyer I know in Manhattan, a personal injury lawyer, Matthew Haken, a very good lawyer at that. And he wrote an article. Let me read you the, the headline. New York faces the opportunity to eliminate ban on felon jury service. We trial lawyers know that in a lot of states, convicted felons are not permitted to serve on either civil or criminal juries. We also know that nearly 20 million people in the United States are estimated to have felony convictions. That makes up approximately 8% of all adults and a full third of black men. And we also know that minorities are disproportionately incarcerated. And this summer, I've been doing a lot of reading having to do with the topics of systemic racism, of voter suppression. And I think this dovetails nicely into that. As Matthew Haken put it so well in that article, where he says, allowing those with felony convictions to serve on criminal and civil trials is one of the most fundamental ways of dismantling the systemic racism that continues to plague us. And I thought that was really a, a powerful and insightful opening statement to his article. And I'm really excited to talk to Matt about this today. And I'm really proud of what he's accomplished here, and, and he's going to tell us more about it. So, Matt, thank you so much for being on the trial brief. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for really lowering your standards and, and allowing me to be on the show. I, I yeah. truly appreciate it. <laughs> well, look, I've been recently very intrigued with voting rights and disenfranchisement and other civil issues which will follow this podcast, but your work has intrigued me. Your work with convicted felons being able to serve on juries, and I think a lot of people don't even know that felons are prohibited from serving on juries. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what you've been up to along those lines. Sure. Yeah. So I'm sort of an accidental criminal justice activist. I'm like you. Well, I guess you also do criminal law, but I'm I'm just a personal injury lawyer, you know, car accidents, slip and falls. I've never tried a criminal case, never handled one at all. But anyway, through my involvement with NISLA, one of the things I've done over the years, I don't know if your audience is mostly other personal injury lawyers or, or you know, regular people, but it's the New York State Trial Lawyers Association. So one of the things I've done is these, we call them legislative visits, where we go and speak with various uh, members of the assembly and the state senate about issues that are important to us and to our clients. So I kept bugging people in this and saying, you know, give me something to do. And, and they said, okay, go talk to this guy, Senator Brian Benjamin. And this was in November of 2018. I went and we spoke maybe 10, 15 minutes about various issues about personal injury and insurance minimums, kind of, the, well, you, you know, all the, all the stuff that personal injury lawyers want. And there was no discussion of anything about juries. And the next day, I happened to be looking at Senator Benjamin's website, and I saw that he was very interested in criminal justice reform. And the thinking about this issue about convicted felons being unable to serve on juries, and it's something I'd heard personal injury lawyers talk about over the years, just kind of in passing in the in the lawyers' room in Brooklyn uh, Kings County Supreme, or at the diner across from the courthouse in Queens. Just people, it would just kind of come up from time to time. So I thought he was interested in criminal justice reform. You know that we had this flip of the. Senate. It's now controlled by the Democrats. So I just kind of on a whim, I sent him this email and said, Hey, you know, I see you're interested in criminal justice reform. Did you know convicted felons can't serve on juries in New York? I said, why don't you do something about that? And it was kind of like almost a little bit tongue in cheek, like kind of sarcastic, flippant. And there was no response. 
I assumed there wouldn't be. And then about three weeks later, his legislative director sent me an email and said, hey, you know, we didn't know that, but the senator really liked your idea. And he proposed a bill in the Senate. I, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe from you know one meeting and one email that anybody would actually take me seriously. And then I completely forgot about it. People tend to think the wheels of justice turn very slowly. This basically happened overnight with you, which is a very, very, very odd and unique situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really, it was really exciting, and I, and I, I, I know I'm, I'm certainly not. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm some, you know, great political activist. I mean, it was like I'm like the laziest activist, you know, in the history of the country. I mean, I just, I just sent one email, so they liked the idea. He proposed this bill. And then I forgot about it and I just, you know, it will never pass, you know. And then about seven months later, I got a call from his office, this guy, Phil Gertner, who's, who's great. And he said, um, we, we haven't you know, updated you, but, but it's about to pass the Senate. And I, and I was like, who, who is this? You know, is this some sort of a prank call or something? And he sent me a link and I was able to watch, you know, some lawyer I am. I didn't even know you, it was public. I didn't know you could watch the debate. The debate happened in the Senate and the bill passed. And, I, and I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Here, you know, I just, I had this idea. I go to one meeting, I send an email, and now the bill passes the Senate. It's like getting a home run your first time at bat. So I was, I was thrilled. And, you know, my, my first question, of course, was, can you name the bill after me? Uh, he said, no. <laughs> yeah. I say, why not? It was my idea. I said, no, we're not naming any bills after <laughs> you. Okay. I really did ask that. You know, they said, that's not happening. And they said, but, but he said, you know, it's, at that point, they thought for sure it was going to pass the assembly. Because it, you know, that's the Senate was traditionally the more conservative body, controlled by the Republicans. It'll definitely pass the Assembly, and we think Cuomo will sign it. And say, you know, maybe, maybe you know, we can have you like kind of standing at the background, or maybe sitting at the table when the governor signs it, something like that. So, okay, great. And then, unfortunately, it became this third rail. It became this like hot button political issue, and there were all these press conferences, and it, it was all the Republicans in the Senate and four Democrats voted against it, and the Republicans were very clever. Uh, I mean, I, I don't agree with a lot of what they said, but I mean, they were just devious the way they, you know, they said they're going to have all this wacky stuff about we're going to have serial killers on juries, son of Sam might be on a jury, all this kind of stuff. And then the assembly just would not take it up. They didn't even vote on it. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, I suspect Democrats and conservative districts thought that they would be labeled as soft on crime if they voted for this. What were the actual arguments against allowing convicted felons to serve on juries in the assembly, do you know? I don't know specifically in the assembly. I only know what, just from what I've read in various articles, and it was mostly from senators. And there was, you know, I saw the debate online. I think it's probably still available. One of the reasons they said it was, once you've committed a crime, you shouldn't be allowed to serve on a jury. It's just, you know, that's, that's a right to serve on a jury, and that right has never been taken away. And they said, you know, we're going to have, we could have terrorists on juries. And there's, you know, there's this woman who, um, I'm forgetting her name, but she, she murdered a police officer like 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, maybe. And she's, she's just been released. And they said, this is disrespectful to the family of the police officer. But most people who are convicted of felonies are, it's, it's for nonviolent offenses. And in most of it, it's, it's, it's crimes of poverty. It's, it's drugs, uh, you know, petty larceny. I mean, you, you were a prosecutor. I mean, you know, you know this stuff. So they really just, they were able to kind of make it this wedge issue and, use these kind of absurd examples. And, and as you know, for being a prosecutor, I, I've never been a prosecutor, but I've, I've been far dear in a criminal case, certainly tried civil cases. It's ultimately up to the trial judge who's on the jury. And, you know, I think if, even if a felony conviction 
would not be a uh, just for cause reason to kick someone off a jury. If let's say you had a murder trial and you had someone in the jury pool who was a convicted murderer, I seriously doubt the judge would let that person sit on the jury. I would I would assume that judge would say, okay, you know, Mr. Smith, you have to go down the hall and there's a um, you know a burglary trial or a slip and fall or something. Um, I, I just, I just don't see it happening. As you know, as trial attorneys, when we're so, we're trying to select a fair and impartial jury, we're making those evaluations whether you're convicted of a felony or not. I mean, we do that anyway. And this wouldn't allowing felons to serve on juries doesn't mean that felons, convicted felons, are automatically on juries. What it means is that they have right. the same opportunity to sit in a jury pool and be evaluated by the attorneys and the parties to determine whether or not they're chosen. Right, right, exactly. Yes, and, and as I, I said in my initial email, and this is sort of tongue-in-cheek, but, but it's really true, I mean, serving on a jury is, is essentially community service. So it, it's, it's an obligation. You know, everybody who hasn't been convicted of a felony, we have to go when we're, when we're called. So, you know, what's my crime? So we're, we're essentially, we're, we're giving people a break. You get convicted of a felony. Oh, okay, you don't, you don't have to do this community service now. They should have to serve like everybody else. It's, it's really not, not fair that we're letting them off. Right. You know, just like with voting, convicted felons not being, being permitted to vote in, in some states, it disproportionately affects people of color. And yes. it's the same thing here, right? Same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when I, I, started, I started doing research on this. So the, the chronology is I completely forgot about it when, when the assembly, you know, didn't vote on it. And then... Um, well, I guess almost a year later, uh, George Floyd was killed and then the world changed like overnight. Like, you know, all this stuff started, you know, 50A was repealed and we started taking down Confederate statues. Aunt Jemima was discontinued, all this stuff. So that's when I started like thinking, okay, now, now like we got to strike while the iron is hot. Maybe we could really get this done now. So then I just got on this campaign of calling every, everybody I could think of, every civil rights organization, calling the assembly members, senators, and thinking, you know, now we can really do this. I got an op-ed in Bloomberg, and I, I started doing research on it. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. People convicted of felonies and people who are serving time, especially, or just any sort of conviction, they're not serving time, it's disproportionately people of color. And I mean, there's been a lot of studies about that. I mean, there's this fantastic book, um, The New Jim Crow, which I think should be required reading for all Americans. In, in that book, she talks about how the, the war on drugs was it was very intentional. It has swept up so many people of color across the country, and so by excluding people with felony convictions, you're really excluding a lot of people of color, and and you're excluding a lot of people who are just poor. People with a lot of money generally don't end up in jail. So I mean, I only know it from the point of view of personal injury. Right? When somebody is injured, what is the value of their injury? I mean, that's up to the six people sitting in the jury box. When you don't have this whole segment of the population in the jury pool, people aren't getting fair trials. It's just, it's just not fair. And it's, it's not a jury of their peers. I don't know the history of it in New York. I don't know if the Chamber of Commerce and the insurance industry has actively pushed to keep the law the way it is, but it, it wouldn't surprise me because I don't think they would. They, they don't, they, the insurance industry and Chamber of Commerce, they don't want people who are going to give what I would say are more fair awards. Yeah. Some jurors who have had that experience may be better situated in some cases to evaluate cases. I've read different numbers. I, I don't know what the number is, but I've read between 20 and 22 million Americans 
would be prohibited from serving as jurors because of felony convictions? Yeah, I believe it's about 20 million. There's actually, um, when I started doing research about this, this one name kept coming up and that's James Banal. And he's a professor in California, a law professor, and he's got a book coming out soon called 20 Million Angry Men, which is, you know, play on the, uh, play on words on the, the famous uh, movie and Broadway show, 12 Angry Men. And this guy was actually a, a convicted of a felony himself and did time and then became a lawyer. And then he, he was called for jury duty and was, was kicked off because he was a, a convicted felon and he became his life's goal and, and to get this law changed and he got it, he got it changed in California. So yeah, 20 million is about right. It's most states have a complete prohibition. I believe it's all states except Maine. Maine has no prohibition and California now allows convicted felons except sex offenders. Um, that was just the deal they struck. So yeah, it would be, if, if they start allowing convicted felons to serve on juries, I think it would have, especially if it was you know, nationally, it would have a huge impact on society. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the whole, I mean, you know, mass incarceration has now become a big political topic. And, you know, from, I mean, from a criminal standpoint, once someone's convicted of a felony, uh, you know, their life is kind of ruined. I mean, it's, it's, they're essentially unemployable. And if we have people on juries who have been through the system, I think they're going to, I think it's going to make the prosecutors I mean, I don't know, but I would think it's going to make the prosecutors really have to try their case and really have to put on some solid evidence. And, you know, I hear the you know, Republicans are generally against having convicted felons on the jury. But if you think about it from the standpoint is the traditional conservative Republican ideology is limiting government. Right. And what, what's the worst thing the government can do to you? I mean, if the government could kill you, right, a police officer could kill you. Probably the next worst thing is that they could throw you in jail. So I would think you really want limited government, you would want people deciding the fate of someone's future, whether they're going to be locked up or not, to be decided by people who are going to be really skeptical of the government throwing someone in jail, yeah. from my point of view. I, I think the, you know, the broader issue of fairness and justice, where you, you have someone who is convicted of a, of a felony, serves their time, has done what they, right. were, th- what they were supposed to do. They've paid their debt to society. Right. And now there's that period of integration back into society, right? Where, right. And, and now you're starting this integration feeling less of a person, right? You're less of the right. person, a, a family member of yours. You're less of, of a person than your neighbor because you can't serve on a jury. You can't vote, okay? And you're restricted right. from doing these things. And, and you have paid your debt to society. Yeah. And you should, I mean, we're either going to, to me, it's like you either take everyone who's been convicted of a crime and, and you know, send them to the electric chair or you bring them back into society, like a full member of society. And this, you know, halfway thing, we do it where, you know, you can't get a job, you can't serve on a jury. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just not working. And, it, and the, the idea that, you know, once someone's convicted of a felony, that, you know, they're tainted for life and they're incapable of jury service. I mean, it just, to me, it seems absurd. I mean, if somebody... Especially most, most, you know, most of these, you know, quote unquote, you know, crimes are, you know, somebody you know, convicted of, let's say, you know, drug possession. Someone's convicted of drug possession. Twenty years ago, they go on and they have a normal life and they have a job and uh, you know, a family. Now, twenty years, thirty, forty years later, they they can't serve on a jury and and determine guilt or innocence on a completely different type of case, or they can't decide who's at fault in a car accident and how much, you know the injured person should get. I mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Sure. To me. On the other hand, I do also see limitations on it. 
right? So if you're still on parole, if you're still on probation, uh, or if there are any other other restrictions, um, you know, attached to that, I, I can understand that. And I, I don't know, and maybe you could you could tell us what the bill in New York had as far as any restrictions. The bill in New York, I believe, as it was proposed, said until your sentence is complete, which I I think would mean. Um, you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't serve on a jury if you're on parole. I right. believe that. Right. But you know, I'm I'm not exactly. I'm not certain because I mean, as we you know, we found out in Florida. I, I assume you probably followed that. I mean, the voters there. There was this thing, Amendment Four. They said, okay, convicted felons can now vote when they're done with their sentences. And then the legislature said, well, hang on a minute. Done with your sentence doesn't you know that means you have to actually pay your court costs. So you know, I don't, I don't. I guess we would have to really define what it means to be done with the sentence. And the other thing, as this professor in California told me, is then if it, is, if it does pass here, it's implementing it. It's not, it's not just people going forward. It's how do you get everybody else who's already been kicked off the jury rolls, how do you get them back in, back on the rolls? Um, and that would have to be a whole other separate, separate discussion and you know, somebody assigned to do that. And I, you know, that would have, you know, we have to think about that. Right. You know, as of now, it's in, so it passed in 2019. And, the person who's sponsoring this, sorry, passed the Senate. I did speak with Senator Benjamin about it. He's, he's great, but he, you know, he, he pretty much said like, you know, we're ready to go, but the assembly would have to, to do it. And it's the guy who's sponsoring the assembly is Jeffrey and Aubrey. I've communicated with his office. I, I've never actually spoken with him. I've heard he's a great guy. I think they're just, you know, everybody's focused on COVID. You know, I don't know, but I think people are really afraid to be labeled, you know, soft on crime. And they just, they don't, you know, they saw what happened to Senator Benjamin when he was kind of vilified in the media. They, they don't want to do it. And I, 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 I don't know. Um, I don't know how we get people past that. I don't, I don't know the answer. Well, what do you what do you see in New York as the future of this bill? I, I mean, is it a matter of I mean, there's no appetite for it now, if that's what you're telling me. But is it the case that there has to be more awareness? There has to be more, you know, like you said at the beginning of this interview, that this was a problem that wasn't even on the radar. So what is the, what is your prescription? Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of new to new to, I mean, I'm new to activism through NISLA the past five years or so since I went on my own and got really involved with NISLA, but especially this, the idea I had just recently, I thought, let's see if I can get some prosecutors on board. So they're the people who are, if they came out in favor of it, then, you know, then we could really do it. So I, I started reaching out through my contacts at AAJ, the American Association for Justice. That's for those of you who don't know, that's like the, the that's the national uh, organization for personal injury lawyers. And they got me in touch with some prosecutors in Maine. They were all very nice. And, you know, we, I spoke on the phone and email and I said, would you be willing to come out and say that you're okay with Maine having convicted felons on juries? And they, none of them would do it. And then I, um, I got in touch with Cyrus Vance's office and I had this Zoom call with his his PR director and the legislative director, and I was making my pitch why he should come out in favor of felons on you know allowing convicted felons on juries. And they said, "Yeah, he already did." I said, "Oh, you know, nobody told me about that." And they were like, "Yeah, well, why would we tell you about it? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? You know?" Right. So it turns out Cyrus Vance actually came out in favor of this, and they sent me this letter that he had written to several um, different groups. It's like Legal Aid and Bronx Defender, something like that. I could show you the letter. Um, they, they had written to him asking him to support a bunch of bills. And he actually came out in favor of it. And he said he's in favor of 
the the Matt Haken jury bill. I, I, you know, they didn't call it that, of course, but so I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, you know, it's an election year, and you know, I never thought of him as that progressive, but apparently he's in favor of it. And since then, I've sent that letter to several different uh, district attorneys in New York to their PR people, and I, I think if we can get other prosecutors on board with it to come out and say, yeah, we, we don't mind if convicted felons serve on juries. I think then that that's the, you know, I don't know, but I think that's, that's the key to, you know, the, to that, that's kind of the cover for, for people in Albany to say, okay, well, look, the actual prosecutors are okay with this. So, so, you know, so what's the big deal? Yeah. And it, it's just mind boggling to me how this is even linked to being tough on crime. I mean, these were people who were convicted already. They've committed crimes. They were convicted. They've done their time. Right. And that's it. And and, and we're done. Right. The, you know, so anyway, Matt, I can't thank you enough for your time uh, and for coming on. And thank you for all the thank work you. you've done on this. This has really been, oh, uh, I mean, awesome. you're, you're like a one man, uh, one man wrecking crew <laughs> on this. And it, it, it's great. I really, it's, it's impressive. Uh, it, I have well, thank you. however, however it came about, it's it's impressive, and and um, and thank you for that. And where can we, where can we find you? Where where can we find uh, uh, Hawking oh, Law? Well, of course, if anybody gets injured, they should they should go to you. So I don't even know if any <laughs> you should even. You, you, where, where's your Where's your <laughs> office, Matt? My, my office is in. Uh, I'm still in Times Square. Even I re resigned my lease, even with COVID. You can Google me. You can, you can, if you Google me, the first thing will come up is like, I got married on live TV on New York one during the pandemic. So that's, um, <laughs> that's, that's much more interesting. That is, that's great. Practice. Congratulations. But, that's yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. But, uh, yeah, you can, you know, you can just, you can find me on my com If anybody, if anybody, if anybody out there is, is interested in, uh, aligning with me or, you know, helping me on this issue, I would, I would, uh, I would love to, uh, especially if you're a prosecutor somewhere in America, I'd love to get your, your support so we can so we can get this through in Albany. Great. Thank you again, so, Matt. It was a pleasure. Thanks and, a lot. Uh, well, hopefully you'll be back on. All right. We'll, we'll get lot, you David. on. I'd love to get, love to get you on for, for an update and uh, maybe um, maybe we'll have a law one day with your namesake. So um, <laughs> that's, that's the most important part, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matt. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. As far as I can see, there are no good reasons to exclude convicted felons from jury service. Now, again, that's not to say that convicted felons have to serve as jurors. Of course not. It will be up to the lawyers to do their job and select a fair and impartial jury. The only argument that I've heard and that keeps getting repeated against allowing felons to serve is that you're going to wind up with a murderer, a serial killer, or a terrorist on juries. I mean, that's absolutely ludicrous. You know, there's a system in place where we select jurors, and I've selected, uh, I don't even know how many jurors, I I, I can't even begin to give you a, a number over the last 30 years, but I can tell you that there are many, many people who have not been convicted of felonies who I would never select as a juror. Whether they're laws to bar jury service or laws to bar voting as a result of felony convictions, these laws are basically disenfranchisement laws, and they lay bare how the criminal legal system functions as a mechanism for silencing communities most affected by it. In addition to diminishing a sense of investment and belonging in a community, these laws compromise representation at the voting booth and in the courtrooms. Hopefully, with the help of people like Matthew Haken, 
New York State is getting one step closer to fairness and justice and recognizing that convicted felons have served their time, they have paid their dues to society as required, and they should be accepted back into society as contributing members. On behalf of David, once again, thank you for listening to this episode. Please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating at Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on The Trial Brief.